Hi, and welcome to the Twisted Stitches podcast. This is episode 62, which I'm recording on Wednesday, August 2nd, 2017. My name is Twee, and I'll be your host today. Regular listeners of the podcast will notice that my usual co-host, Kimberly, isn't here. Uh, That's just because she is actually in New Jersey right now with the Blueberry, visiting her family, and just because of the way our schedules worked out, um, because I went to Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago and then she left the weekend after that, uh, we were just kind of missing each other, and I didn't want to have a huge gap between episodes, so I decided to just record an episode solo. Uh, this week. I also wanted to, you know, talk about Comic-Con a little bit, and I'm gonna forget if I wait too long. So, yeah, I just figured, I mean, obviously I talked to Kimberly, and I figured I'd get, hopefully, a short-ish episode. Knowing me, it'll probably still be pretty long, but I'll try to be as concise as possible and just get a a little episode out uh, while Kimberly's on vacation, and that way when she gets back, you know, we won't be in a huge rush to record a new episode, you know, just give us a little bit of breathing time. So yeah, it's just me today. Um, thanks, you know, for joining me. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. And if you're new, uh, thanks for checking us out. Uh, normally, it's two of us, but it's just me today. So yeah, let's just get right into it um, and talk about my whips. So, you know, I'd let you guys know that I went to Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago, and it's always fun to have a new project to take um, when I go, just because, I mean, if you don't know much about Comic-Con, it's really fun, it's really crazy, but you also end up standing and sitting in a lot of lines. Um, if you want to go to panels and things, uh, not all the time, but there there is a lot of sort of waiting around for panels and in between panels, even if you're watching a panel, you're often sitting and, you know, that's prime knitting time. And I wasn't sure what I was going to take. Usually I take a small project that I can, you know, carry with me and um, is kind of mindless so I don't have to think too hard on my feet. And, but... Because it was Comic-Con, I decided to start the Wonder Woman wrap by Carissa Browning. If you guys are on Instagram, you have probably seen this shawl. It is sort of mostly triangular shaped, with except the triangle at the very tip is sort of squared off. And then uses clever short rows and two different colors to make sort of the Wonder Woman W symbol. And the... Um, project, the the samples shawl, you know, from the designer is done in red with the W emblem in yellow, which I think is sort of the tradition, one of the traditional color themes of Wonder Woman, like the W is yellow or gold. And I went to my local yarn store a couple of weeks ago to look for a yellow because I don't have a lot of yellow hanging out, at least not just solid yellow. And I had a skein of red that I wanted to use already in my stash. And it's from Anzula. That's it's the Nebula base in the red shoe colorway, which is just a really nice sort of I don't know, medium red uh 
and it ha it's called it's nebula base, so it has sparkle in it, silver sparkle. And so I went to my local yarn store, um, hoping that they might have a nice gold slash yellow that would go with the red. And well, I did find some yellows, more than I thought I would find actually. None of them were really speaking to me. Um, one I think was too light, and one was too solid. One was too sort of neon yellow. And so in the end I actually decided to go with a different color scheme and picked up a skein of Madeline Tosh, Tosh Merino Light in the ink color way. And that's just a really dark tonal navy blue color. And I thought that might be, um, you know, still within the color theme, but um, just, but not the yellow because I couldn't really find a yellow I liked. And truth be told, I wasn't really super sure how likely it was that I was going to wear something that was yellow and red. Um, those aren't usually my sort of colors. <laughs> and, but I mean, I kind of wanted to go with the theme, you know, and blue is definitely part of, uh, I think, Wonder Woman's uh, costume and sort of, you know, one of the colors that can definitely be associated with her. And anyway, so I started that shawl right before I left, and I think I'm using, ooh, a US 5 needle. Um, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's a 5. That's one of my go-to needle sizes when I'm working with fingering weight yarn in a shawl. And it took it with me, you know, all uh, Comic-Con weekend, and I didn't get a huge amount done on it. Um, right now I am, you kind of start at the bottom of uh, the triangle where it's sort of squared off and right now I've just completed sort of the first band of that bottom uh, edge and oh I didn't say it before, I'm using the navy blue as the background and I'm going to use the red as the sort of accent color for the W. So yeah, so I'm working with the blue right now, and I pre-soaked both my yarns before working with them because I know that red has a tendency to bleed, and also I've heard that Madeline Tosh has a tendency to bleed. And so I soaked both of them in some warm water separately and a little bit of wool wash, and the red actually bled quite a lot. And I don't think that my yarn got any lighter. It might have just been excess dye. I know reds are generally kind of hard to fix, I've been told, onto yarn. And so yeah, I washed it a couple times. I could have done a citric acid soak just to make sure that everything stayed, but I was kind of too lazy. And I figured if it does uh, bleed some more later, it's going to go onto the navy, which you wouldn't be able to see anyway. And the navy didn't bleed very much at all, which was nice. Um, but I would just recommend if you are using light colors, especially something like red, to maybe pre-soak your yarns and just, you know, double check that nothing's gonna bleed because uh, I have had that happen to me before and it's just kind of a bummer. Especially if you're using light colors and, you know, some... It's like putting a red sock in your laundry and then everything turned pink, turns pink. Only, except with just one load of laundry, you've probably put in, you know, 40 hours of work into this one item. And it's just kind of sad. So, do yourself a favor, you know, just do some prep work beforehand and save yourself some heartache. But, um, yeah, that 
that and, uh, shawl was going fine. Nothing too crazy. I'm going to start the short row shaping soon. That's where you sort of um, form the bottom of the W, the space um, under it. And then, um, then I think I'll start to really see, you know, the design of the shawl. Right now it just looks sort of like a long strip and it's really not that exciting. Um, and if you're interested, I think the designer is having a knit along in her group in Ravelry, but also my friend Melinda from the Yarn to Woman podcast, she's also hosting a Wonder Woman wrap knit along in her Ravelry group. So definitely check out her group and check out her podcast if you haven't already. I'm going to try to be good and, you know, post some pics and at least participate in this a knit along, if not actually completed in time. I'm terrible at that, but we'll see. We'll try. Uh, I will try. And so, yeah, so I brought that to Comic Con, and I also brought my Rose City Rollers. Uh, that is a free pattern, and I'm using the yarns of Richard DeVries Pepino in a colorway called Personal Touches. I think I talked about these socks in the last episode. Um, I had ripped out the double gusset heel and just uh, started back and did my normal heel flap and gusset and so far I'm really liking that. I was alternating between the Wonder Woman wrap and my Rose City rollers throughout uh, Comic Con weekend just because when you know I felt really mindless I just picked up my socks so I could go round and round. And right now I'm close to the toe I think on both of the socks and I will be entering that in the Kill to Craft podcast, Shorty Socks Knit Along. And Vanessa, who's the host of the Kill to Craft podcast and the host of the Knit Along, she just extended the deadline for the Shorty Socks Knit Along. I think the original end date was going to be July 15th, but she has pushed it till, I'm pretty sure it's August 15th. So if you like to knit Shorty Socks or if you have half a pair already done, I would totally suggest trying to finish them and entering her uh, knit along. It's been really fun uh, seeing uh, what people have been knitting and it's nice to knit short socks. So I should be done with those soon. I just haven't picked them up in a while. And the last project I've been really paying attention to in the last couple weeks is my Slay Me Shawl by Shannon Squire. And I've talked about this one again before. Uh, it's not... I haven't seen a ton of... Um, work on it. I mean, it's, I mean, I've done a decent amount. I did another slip stitch section. Um, no, wait. I did another section of the lace mesh, and then I started a new slip stitch section. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry. I can't remember what I'm saying sometimes. Uh, yeah, so that one's going really well. I'm um, using Blue Moon Fiber Arts. They had some buffy colorways come out not too long ago. And the main color of mine is a colorway called Hush, which is really pretty sort of seafoamy greens and grays, which I really like. And um, with the contrast color uh, called Grim Green, which is just sort of a brighter teal green. And it's a very muted sort of combo. It's not super high contrast, but I'm liking it. Originally, I was a little disappointed that I hadn't picked something a little brighter, but it's growing on me, and I do like that the color palette is probably going to be pretty wearable for me, you know? I have a tendency to go for crazy bright neon colors, but then when I have to actually go out, it doesn't seem like anything I own 
matches. But I think this will actually go with a lot of stuff just because it's kind of a very subtle color palette. And those are the things I've been working on. Next up is faux show. Uh, I don't have Kimberly here and I can't say it as awesome as her, but yes, time for the faux show. The only thing I have finished in the last couple weeks is some needle felting. Um, right before, like a lot of, a lot of Comic-Con talk, right before Comic-Con I was doing a lot of research about, you know, what was going to be there and, you know, the things I should look out for and, you know, one of my favorite shows is Bob's Burgers, which is an animated show. And I was online because they have a sort of collaboration between this one um, manufacturer slash booth. They've been doing it for a while now and I was pre-ordering some like a t-shirt and some pins on their website and it just made me... I'd been thinking about this for a while but I had wanted to needle felt uh, a character from Bob's Burgers. It's a fictional... I mean Bob's Burgers itself is fictional but there's another fictional character within that world called Kuchikobi and they've mentioned him a few times and he's Louise's uh, sort of favorite toy slash character and it's I think basically you know from the episode you're supposed to infer that it's some kind of popular character in Japan and he's like this little sort of lime green I don't know, creature. <laughs> he kind of looks like a snowman almost. He has like, you know, a round bottom and a top, and these two sort of bulgy eyes. And so Louise has a nightlight, and I think she has other things too, maybe like a stuffed animal or something. And they actually had, there was a different booth at Comic Con that was selling a limited number of actual Kuchikopi nightlights that were, I think, maybe like eight inches tall or something, or 12 inches tall. But that booth was crazy. Every day I would go by to check it out and it was always just insane and it wasn't only because of the Kuchikopi. They had a bunch of other sort of limited and exclusive items and so every day there were just tons of people lined up and I think they were only selling a certain number of these nightlights every day which on one hand is kind of nice because you get a chance at it every day but on the other hand kind of sucked because uh, what my friend actually got in the line at one point and she'd asked the guy if they had any of the nightlights left and he said yeah that they did and so she waited in line not too long um, but then by the time she got to the front the guy in front told her that he had sold out he said he told her he sold out for the entire show um, but then the next day when I came, just in the morning, and I walked by, they had more. So I actually think that was incorrect, and they were probably just sold out for the day. Because I think they were putting out a limited number every day. So that was kind of a bummer. I really wanted to get one for me and my friend, who's also a huge fan, but I wasn't about to camp out in that line. Um, there was people buying, I don't even know, just a lot of stuff there. So anyway, I wanted to need to put myself a Kuchikopi, and... So I did. I had some green uh, wool that I had bought in my local yarn store recently because uh, they have spinning supplies. And I kind of watched a YouTube tutorial. There's a YouTube tutorial. I'll try to link it in the show notes. Um, but someone else makes a needle felt a Kuchikopi. And I didn't follow it exactly. I just kind of looked to see sort of 
the steps in which she created like each piece because hers didn't look quite the way I wanted mine to look. Um, but yeah, it, it was fun. And if you follow us on Instagram at Twisted Stitches Podcast, I did post a picture of my Kuchikopi. And he's cute. <laughs> His eyes are a little like crazier than I really meant them to be. They're like really sort of look in different ways um but I mean I think it just adds to his charm and it didn't take too long I mean I'm sure it took at least several hours if you put it all together and needle felting is really fun but I get real tired doing it you're just sitting there you know sort of hunched over like poking just wool for a long time and so um I don't I don't have a ton of patience for it, so I don't think I'd ever create some of the really intricate things that I've, you know, I've seen on YouTube and online. But um, Kuchikobi is pretty simple. It's this, you know, kind of a round bottom with a round head, two ears, and two eyes. And um, I gave him a little blue bow tie. Sometimes he has it, sometimes he doesn't on the show. I think it just depends. You know, I think he just in different situations he has the bow tie and I decided to make the bow tie and that was actually the hardest part making the little tie in the front look like a bow tie and not just like a giant blob was difficult at least for me and um, but in the end I did it and I think he looks really cute and I would totally recommend needle felting if you know you think that would be fun uh, at Comic-Con as well, I ran into the Wool Buddy booth. They are a really cool company that makes super fun needle felted items, like mostly creatures, you know, animals, um, but for Comic-Con and other, they've been to other conventions I've seen them at, they do a lot of sort of pop culture um, like characters too, so they, they had a, I bought a little BB-8 and... Oh, an R2-D2, and I bought, like, I think at Stitches, I bought Kimberly a Yoshi from Mario Brothers, and they're just really imaginative, I feel like, with their creatures, and they're all a little just sort of funny looking. They use the big eyes, sort of big round eyes, and the owner um, and creator of all the, the wool buddies, Jackie, uh, I had like a nice little conversation with him at the booth. He was giving me some tips on how to, you know, make the needle felting go a little faster and, you know, how to attach the eyes. And yeah, they were really, really cool. I bought uh, a few things from them, uh, including a needle felting mat um, that's actually made out of felt wool. And he says that, that felting wool on like actual like felt it sometimes not I mean he thinks it works better and I've I just liked it <laughs> so anyway yeah I bought some stuff from them and they're really cool if you want to check them out I think it's just woolbuddy.com and they have a book called wool buddies if you want to check that out I have that book and yeah it's really fun I would I totally plan to make some more items they had these really cute uh, mini sized um, like animals but they had put pins on them and I bought a couple and I think that would be really fun just to make some and put pin backs on them and then you can just attach them to stuff. I think it's really a fun way to just have some of your you know your needle felting with you. So yeah that's the only thing I finished. Um, yeah 
All right. Uh, next up, uh, let's see. Retail therapy. Retail therapy. Well, I told you guys I bought that Madeline Tosh from my local yarn store. I also picked up while I was there a skein of Woolen Boone. Uh, we are, are lucky enough at my local yarn store to get Woolen Boone. And they had gotten a new shipment uh, not too long ago. And the, so I picked up just one skein. I was very good. I only picked up one skein of the classic Boone base, which is a fingering weight base. I can't remember what the put up is. I think it's I think it's the 7525 um, base and the colorway is called Dirty Chai and it's just a really beautiful sort of creams and browns with beautiful like speckles. I mean it sounds you know like Dirty Chai <laughs> and it's just really beautiful. She does such nice nice stuff and it's really hard to just buy one skein but I was good and just bought one skein. And I think that's the only thing I've really purchased lately. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I didn't purchase anything, but I did have, I mean, kind of, I don't know, I didn't purchase, purchase, like, finished yarn, but I did have a dye day with my friends a few weeks ago, which was really fun. Um, we ordered a bunch of sort of bare yarn and went to one of my friend's houses and just had a whole setup in the backyard because my friends are really cool and one of them uh, dyes fiber uh, sort of professionally and one of them teaches like classes and natural dyeing so we had all this cool like you know experience and equipment so we had like a tent and like burners and it was just really fun but it did take all day and we got really really sweaty. <laughs> it was hot and you're just working with burners all day. Um, but I learned a lot. Uh, my friend Nicole from Mork Made Fiber was actually sort of teaching most of us how to dye with acid dyes because most of us hadn't done that before. And it was really really fun. I kind of can't wait to do it again. Even though, you know, I have all this yarn I haven't even used yet. But yeah, I, I did a good amount. It was really a fun learning experience. And I want to do it again. I plan, I haven't gotten it yet, but I plan to get um, Felicia Lowe's dyeing book. She's from Sweet Georgia. And she has a dye instruction book out. I think it came out this year or last year. And I love her her yarn and her colors and it's I think it's just be fun to read her book and maybe get some tips and tricks for when the next time we die so yeah that was really fun alright what is next next up uh, I have cued cued so um, my friend Vanessa from the Gildacraft podcast is going to be hosting a brioche along starting in August I think it starts right when the shorty socks knit along ends, so probably around August 15th. And I've been wanting to try brioche for a long time. It's, you know, all the rage. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> but not just because of that. I just think it looks really cool. Uh, but I haven't really just sat down to just try it. I've, I've watched some YouTube videos, and conceptually I think I understand, but 
I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of sense until I actually try to do it. So I figured this was a good reason uh, to just say let's do it. And so I have a couple of options. The first option I'm thinking is the Eyeball Shawl by Stephen West. And that is, I mean, it's pretty descriptive. <laughs> it looks like one big eye. You start in, in the middle, in the pupil, and then go out to like the iris, and then it goes out further. And this doesn't have a ton of brioche. I just think at the edge of the piece of around the shawl is sort of a brioche border. And I've been wanting to make the eyeball shawl for a while. And I think this might be a nice way to just get my feet wet with brioche and also, you know, just make something that I've been wanting to make. And the other option is the Marley Shawl, and that's by Andrea Maury. That's an all brioche shawl. It's triangular and that's all I really can. That's all I really know about it because I don't know any brioche terms. Um, but basically, it's a, it's a fingering weight, but it takes up a lot of yarn. I think it takes two skeins of two colors, so four skeins altogether. I mean, I don't know if you use, you know, the entirety of both skeins, but um, you need two of each color basically. And because I buy a lot of single skeins, I don't know if I have like any two quantities hanging out in my stash. And I know I could obviously just change colors, but because it's sort of my first brioche, like I kind of want it to be really simple and you know just have that sort of uniform look as like all one color on one side and all one color on the other. So I'm not sure about that one. Plus it also just seems way more intense because the entire thing is a brioche. I'm gonna have to dig through my stash and you know look through Ravelry just to see maybe which shawl I want first. Uh, I definitely want to make both of them at some point and I'm pretty sure both of them are in my Ravelry library already. Uh, Stephen West was having a sale, I think it might be over, but through the month of July he was having a sale that was buy one get one free on his patterns so I picked up I think four patterns which was really nice. And the Marley I had, I think I had purchased last year already. So yeah, those are my two choices, um, unless I find more, I'm thinking those are the top runners. If you have a brioche pattern that you really like that's not too hard that you think would be good for a beginner, let me know. I'm totally, um, you know, open to looking at other projects, but those are the ones that um, are sort of the front runners for me right now. And. Wow, I guess that's it for knitting stuff. Wow, I'm talking real fast today, it seems like. Um, yeah, that's it for the knitting stuff. If you guys aren't interested, I'm going to talk about uh, Comic-Con next and then what I've been reading and watching. And if you're not into that, that's totally cool. I'll see you next time with Kimberly. But if you want to hang out and talk a little bit about Comic-Con and some other stuff, then stick around. Alright, so I went to Comic-Con. It was about a week and a half ago now, two weeks ago, and it's so crazy to me that it's already been that long because I feel like most of the year I'm sort of mentally gearing up for, for Comic-Con. It's one of my sort of big things I do every year. And, you know, I take vacation days because it's in San Diego and I live in LA and it's, a little, it's too far to commute. 
every day and um, for a while now I've been getting four day passes which that means it includes a preview night so on um, Wednesday night you can go into the exhibit hall for a few hours and then Comic-Con officially starts with programming on Thursday so it goes like Wednesday night through Sunday and this year was really fun. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time sort of prepping for it, and I don't cosplay. Uh, most people usually ask me that when I tell them I'm going. I don't cosplay. I think cosplay is awesome, but it takes a lot of effort, and frankly, I think, you know, if you're good at it, people will stop you, and, you know, they'll talk to you and want to take pictures and stuff like that and I'm not really into that. <laughs> I just don't want that attention. Um, but I think it's awesome and I know that Joanna from the Stitching the High Notes podcast uh, went and I didn't get to see her. I was really hoping maybe I'd run into her but I think we were just uh, going to different panels and things and so our pals never crossed. But you should check it out. She has a Comic-Con recap um, vlog up right now. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's awesome. And she, yeah, made a costume for Comic-Con, which looked amazing. So, yeah, so I got there Wednesday, and, like, that's kind of the day. It's really nice to get there on the Wednesday and go to preview night because you can go check out the hall before it gets really crazy because a lot of people can't get down there Wednesday or don't have the preview night pass. So that was really nice. Um, it gave, it's a good way to sort of get the lay of the land and get all the sort of books, like I get book schedules to see what books are being given away and I had to pick up some kind of a exclusive pin set for my brother from someplace because I'm a nice sister and apparently he's become a Disney pin collector recently and he's not crazy sorry that was my water bottle he's not crazy crazy about it sort of like super intense about it but he kind he's kind of into it and my youngest um, niece is into it too so they kind of have that she's only five and so he wanted me to get him an exclusive Avengers pin set and then also keep an eye out for other Disney pins because usually at these kinds of conventions um, there are people selling, you know, like older pins like, you know, used or vintage or just... Uh, Disney pin trading is a thing. I don't know. If you guys have heard about this, you guys probably know, but... Um, yeah, so I, I picked that up for my brother, and we just hung out in the hall, and it was just nice. So, so Thursday's when things really uh, started, and I'm trying to think of what I did Thursday. Uh, there, a lot of Thursday was spent on the floor. I tend to do a lot of book panel type things and like author things. So, um, I. Sometimes I'm running around trying to get books and meeting authors, and so that's what I did most of Thursday, but that is when I ran into the Wool Buddy booth and bought a bunch of stuff from them, and that was really fun. And there was a really cool Star Wars booth this year. It was just, it was big, and you could go into it, and there was like all these booths inside and outside, but they all sold stuff sort of related to Star Wars. And they actually, I think, had some costumes or something from the upcoming uh, Last Jedi movie. And so that was really cool. I went in there a couple of times during 
the um, weekend, and there was some really cool stuff from Loungefly, if you don't know them. They're uh, sort of a bag and wallet brand maker brand, but they do a lot of licensed um, stuff. So they have like licensed Star Wars um, merchandise, and they do like a lot of Disney merchandise, but like usually it's sort of the same um, I don't even know, the same items, like, they'll do a bunch of, like, do backpacks and wallets and, you know, coin purses and things like that. So I kept passing them, and I really wanted to buy something from them, but I was good and, and didn't. Um, Her Universe was also there. They're a clothing company that also does licensed, you know, clothing. And yeah, that was a really cool booth. That was one of the highlights. That was really cool. And I'm trying to think of some of the cool panels I went to. I <clears throat> I met Gail Simone. Um, if you guys know Gail Simone, she is a really great writer. She's written on things like Wonder Woman and Batgirl and Clean Room for Image. Right now, she has a new book that just came out called Crosswinds. From Image, I have the first issue, but I have not read it yet. She's really awesome. And I met um, Gail Carriger, the two Gails, my friend, and I kept getting them confused over the weekend because we were trying to get to their various signings and we would just sort of interchange their names accidentally. But Gail Carriger, I met. Uh, we've talked about her on the podcast before. She does the Parasol Protected series and the Custard Protocol series. She, uh, most of it's like sort of historical steampunk and she's really cool. She doesn't come out to Comic-Con that often. I think it's only usually when, you know, they invite her or something and she lives in San Francisco, which isn't too far, but she doesn't really come down south too often. And she always wears amazing sort of vintage clothing, but with a steampunk flair. And, yeah, she was really fun. I got uh, my, you know, I still have my Parasol books. I think I had three of them signed by her. And so I brought the last two to have signed. And she was just really fun to meet and talk to. And then Friday, the big thing that I was really excited about was the psych panel. I've, I've talked about Psych before, but uh, it was a show on USA about a psychic detective, and he really wasn't psychic. Uh, he was just, it's kind of like Sherlock Holmesy, where he's just really observant, and but he played it off like he was a psychic and was working for the Santa Barbara Police Department. Anyway, the show's been off the air for a, a few years now, like three years, and they always had a panel at Comic-Con. Always super, super fun. One of my most favorite shows. And this year, recently, they announced that they were doing a Christmas movie on USA. And as such, my friend, who's also a big fan, said to me, I bet they're going to have a panel at Comic-Con. And I actually didn't think they would because they announced the movie only a couple of months ago. And, at least to me, I feel like you need to book these Comic-Con things way in advance, but maybe because of certain relationships and things, um, you know, maybe it was easier for them. So they did book uh, a panel on Friday morning, the first panel of the day in Ballroom 20. And Ballroom 20 is the second largest room in Comic-Con. The other one is Hall H, and that's a gigantic room. And I had not gotten had not tried to get into Ballroom 20 
sort of for like a big not, this wasn't going to be a big panel I don't I didn't think but there were definitely panels later in the day that I knew were going to be popular and people tend to like camp out early and then just stay the whole day and later the and that day there was going to be the Outlander panel and so I just wasn't sure if I would get in or you know if it would be really crazy so that was causing me some anxiety I mean not real anxiety but a little bit because I wasn't sure what was going to happen and the bad part about this was psych was on Friday and Friday was also the day that the Bob's Burgers and Archer panel were going to go on in a totally different place um they're at a different hotel. I mean, it's not super far, but it's at a different hotel, and it's like an animation all all day sort of day in that room. And that is a really, really popular room as well. And I've stood in the Bob's Burgers Archer line before, and last year I vowed that I would actually just get there first thing in the morning and get in line uh, with my friend and just stay there all day. Because of last year, I think I got in line around 11 o'clock, and I barely made it in for the Archer panel, which starts, I think, at 4. So I was in line for like 4 or 5 hours, and just barely made it in to, uh, to Archer, and I pretty much missed Bob's Burgers. And so I was planning to just get there, you know, like 8 in the morning, just staying in that room all day, but because of psych, I had to weigh my options. This is like the whole, this is sort of the, you know conundrum of comic-con it's like there's always something going on you know there's often something going on at the same time and you just have to decide and it's not just that they're going on at the same time it's because you have to wait in line that you have to sort of factor that into what you're doing so even though like you know the bob's burgers and archers panel didn't start till like three o'clock I was pretty sure that if I went to Psych, which got out at 11, and then tried to get in line in the other room, I didn't think I would get in to those panels. Just because of last year and how long it took me to get in, I just didn't think I would make it. So, but I really love Psych, and they're not always there. Like, I don't know if they're going to be there again. So I decided to just suck it up and get there really early. I got there around 7 to get in line for site which didn't start till 10 but they let people um start they start to let people come into the room around nine and that actually all worked out it wasn't as crazy as i thought it was gonna be and i was never really worried that we wouldn't get in because we'd gotten there so early and my friend brought me breakfast burritos so that was really nice and the panel was really really fun um i really love i mean i love that show and there was like just really fun chemistry and they just you know told us a lot about what was you know give us little tidbits of what was going on and there was uh, I think a maybe like a five or six minute clip of the beginning of the Christmas special the only bummer is that uh, Tim Omenson who plays Lassiter on the show wasn't there he recently not super recently but maybe a month or two ago suffered a stroke and, I mean, he's okay, but he's still recovering, and because of it, he couldn't make it down. And that was kind of a bummer, because he's really funny. He's one of my f most favorites, and that was a, kind of a bummer not to have him there. But he will be in the special 
in some capacity and we did record a video that said suck it Tim and hopefully they sent that to him which I think is just really cute so psych panel was super duper fun uh, later that day oh later that day my friend wanted to go try to get into the Twin Peaks panel which was in Hall H and so right after psych she got in that line. I went over to the Bob's Burgers line just to see how it was. I stood in it for about an hour and then I just gave up because I just figured it was really hot first of all. And then second of all, I just really didn't think I would get in in time. And I didn't want to waste my day just standing there, you know, in the hot sun. So I actually went back to the Hall H line and hung out with my friend to see if we could get into Twin Peaks. Unfortunately, we did not get into Twin Peaks. We were really close, and that was kind of a bummer. Um, but we got in for the panel right after, which was for Preacher uh, on AMC, based on a comic book. I've only seen the first episode, but uh, I, I like it. It's um, it's pretty crazy. I was a huge fan of the comic book when I was growing up. So I do want to watch the rest of the series, but I just haven't gotten around to it. But that was a fun panel. Seth Rogen is a producer on the show, I think. And he's, you know, fun and funny. And Dominic Cooper is in it. And Ruth Nega, she's really awesome too. So that was fun. And then I stayed for the panel after that, which was Marvel's The Defenders. That's going to be on Netflix. And it's basically... Uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. They all have their own Netflix series, but they're all coming together into one series called The Defenders. And that was a really fun panel. If you guys didn't know, Kristen Ritter, who plays Jessica Jones, is a knitter. If you follow her on Instagram, uh, she often will post things that she's knitting. She tends to knit um, items that are made in bulky yarn. I mean, she's, you know wafishly thin so everything looks great on her but yeah that's really cool I know you know it's just fun to find another knitter and they showed us actually the whole pilot episode which was pretty good uh, I have to admit I am not caught up on any of those series I've only watched about half a season of Daredevil the first season because I'm the worst TV watcher ever but um, the first episode looked really cool I don't think it had any huge spoilers at least for me and yeah, I think I'm looking forward to that. I would like to at least watch the rest of Daredevil and Jessica Jones because I hear Jessica Jones is really good. And I've actually read the comic book for that too. Um, but yeah, those are the big panels I went to on Friday. And did I go to any other really cool panels? I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, Sigourney Weaver was at the Defenders panel because she's going to be in Defenders, which was really cool. I also met one of my favorite authors, uh, Alona Andrews, which is a husband-wife team. Uh, it's um, Alona Andrews and Gordon Andrews. And Alona, the wife, is a knitter. She has posted about knitting before. And when I went to talk to her, I asked her about her knitting, and she pulled it out uh, to show me, which was awesome. I don't know what yarn it was. It's very neon. I think it was like a single ply. And... She said it was the Shine Shawl, which I think, I forget who the designer is now, but I posted it somewhere. And yeah, that was really cool. It's always fun to talk about knitting. And I also went to one off-site. There's a lot of stuff going on around the convention center, um, even if you can't get into Comic-Con. A lot of 
companies and like shows and stuff will have these really cool off-site experiences and um, exhibits and unfortunately I only got to go to one thing just because again those there's just lines everywhere and just to get into most of these things required standing in a really long line and the one I really wanted to see that I heard was really good was the Blade Runner 2049 experience so we got in line for that and we actually didn't wait in line for too long maybe about an hour hour and a half we were on the non-virtual reality side though there was two lines and one line included a section of the experience that had virtual reality and I was told that the virtual reality part took an extra hour and I just didn't want to deal with that and so we just went into the regular line and only took about an hour and it was really cool it was basically this huge tent and you go inside and it's like you're in the movie there are like cars and people you know sort of dressed up in the costumes of the movie and just even like dripping rain and there's <laughs> and some mud and if you were old enough and got your ID checked beforehand they gave you whiskey <laughs> like at the end uh, Johnny Walker was a sponsor and so there was whiskey I don't drink so I gave it to my friend and they even had some food. The food wasn't great. There were just some noodle-y things. They were not fantastic. But it was cool. The whole experience was really cool. And I also heard that the Westworld experience was amazing. But apparently, it I don't think it was developed to uh, accommodate large quantities of people. It was another one of those experiences where you have to go in and I don't know if someone told me it took like half an hour and it only took six people at a time or something like that and that's just a no-go at Comic-Con. I think they can only take 125 people a day which is nothing if you, you know, in Comic-Con time. And so I think that was a bit of a mess. The You know, everyone who I think got in said it was pretty amazing. Um, but maybe next year, I don't know. I'm sure they'll have something next year because it was, uh, the exhibit itself was really popular and the show had, you know, a huge, you know, showing this year um, at Comic-Con too. And I think those are like the major, the really, the, the big things that I did. Those are the things that, you know, I had, I think, the most fun with. I did get a lot of books. I tried to be sort of selective, but, you know, they are just kind of giving out books. It's hard to say no. So I have a huge stack of books right now that I need to read. I bought some comics, mostly from Image. Uh, I love their stuff, and so I asked for some recommendations uh, from one of the people working there, and uh, she gave me some good tips. I'll probably talk about those more once I read them. and. I didn't buy much else. I did buy some enamel pins. That's the big thing, you know, this year, everywhere pretty much. Um, but there was a lot of um, really cool pins. I got some Bob's Burgers ones. I got a Saga pin. And I got a Monstrous pin. I think those are the big ones that I got. And I got one t-shirt from Bob's Burgers too, for Bob's Burgers. But yeah, it was just crazy and intense and super fun and I just can't wait for next year. So uh, I hope you guys like that really long random recap. In my head originally when I was thinking about it, 
there was much more structure to my recap, but you know, it all go, kind of goes out the window once I start talking. Um, but I'll, I did post some pictures on the Twisted Stitches Instagram and on my personal Instagram if you guys are interested. Alright, uh, moving on to what am I reading? Well, I finished a really fun series recently. It's called, I think it's called Crown and Key, the Crown and Key series. And the first book in that series is The Conquering Dark. The authors are Clay and Susan Griffin. Griffith? I think it's Griffith. They are another husband-wife um, duo. And there are three books in the series. I read all three books in about a week to ten days. I, I started the first one right before Comic-Con and was reading it sort of throughout Comic-Con when, you know, when I was resting and at the hotel and stuff. And once I finished, I just had to read the next one and then the next one. And sadly, I think there's only three books in the series. I definitely think there could be more, but on their website it says it's a trilogy, so I think it's done. And basically, it is a historical urban fantasy series set in, I think, Victorian England. And there's Simon who is the main character, he's a scribe, which means he's kind of like a, he's a magician. There's magicians in the world, and not the way we think of magicians, but people who actually can wield magic. And they, he's probably the only scribe left in the world, and that means he has, he can access the magic in the world by um, writing runes and like just harnessing that power in different ways. And anyway, um, Magic is not known throughout the world, like some people know about it, but not everyone, and they basically run into a werewolf, and then a guy trying to kill the werewolf, and it just becomes this sort of really fun and exciting story about Simon and his friend, and how they sort of end up teaming up with these other people, like the guy who's trying to catch the werewolf, and um, a woman named Kate who is an alchemist and she experiments, you know, she experiments with things and I don't know, she like makes concoctions that will like do things like um, encase someone in amber or like make you fall asleep or something. And then they have, there's also an engineer named Penny who builds guns and she's really awesome. And it's just a really, really fun series and I really like um, sort of ragtag team uh, stories and also all the female characters in the series are really cool. They're all really smart and they just hold their own with the men. They don't need rescuing, you know. There's a lot of fighting in these books because they end up, you know, fighting werewolves and then um, just fighting these gods that are um, trying to destroy each other basically and um, all of the women you know really hold their own in the fights even though they might not fight in the same way as the men do and it's just really fun and I didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I did I've had the first book sitting in my bookshelf for a while now I think I got it actually at a comic-con a couple of years ago and I just decided to, to pick it up um, you know 
in the reading roulette and yeah I'm so I was really surprised at how much I liked liked it and they have another series out I think it's called the Grey Fair series it might involve vampires though I'm not sure but I plan to read that too I really like these the series and I have a feeling that the other series is good as well most recently they've been writing I think sort of TV tie-in books for the series Arrow um, they have two so far. I doubt I'll read those just because I don't watch Arrow, but I'm definitely going to go back and read the, um, the other series that they have. And that's what I've been reading, and I get to start a new book today. I don't know what I'm going to start, though. I have some choices. I'm not sure what I'm going to go for. Romance, adventure, young adults, uh, there's a lot of options, and I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, that's what I've been reading and what I've been watching. I saw Atomic Blonde recently. That's the movie starring Charlize Theron set in the Cold War in Berlin. She is a British spy sent in to retrieve a list of the other British spies, um, somehow this list is out there and is lost and it's just basically a list of all the undercover agents and a bunch of info on them and she needs to retrieve it. And if you've seen the trailer, you know that Charlize kicks major butt in this. There's a lot, a lot of fighting and it looks really painful <laughs> even though it's, I know, sort of fake fighting. Um, I did hear that she got hurt a couple of times. Um, it's really cool though. It's a very sort of good-looking movie, but it's also very exciting and, you know, just fun to watch. It's You get really pulled into it, and it has a lot of great 80s music, and it's just a lot of fun. I actually have a good friend who grew up in Berlin uh, in the 80s, right around that time, and I told her to go see it um, just because I think she would get a kick out of, you know, being back there, uh, and she did go see it, and she really liked it. She thought it was really fun, and, um, it was cool for her to see a lot of the sort of geography of Berlin, which she remembers really well. So I would highly recommend that if you like, you know, just fun action movies. It's, it's just sort of a mile, like, it's just sort of a crazy adrenaline rush the entire time, and we were in a theater where the the uh, sound was too loud, which I hate. I have, I think I have sensitive ears, but it was really loud. So I was like super tense with the whole thing because, you know, every noise would make me jump because it was really loud and because it was sort of a tense movie with, you know, all the spying and shooting and fighting and all that. And the next day I went to see Dunkirk, which is the movie by Christopher Nolan, uh, about Dunkirk, which I didn't know a ton about, but uh, was in World War II when a bunch of British and French soldiers were sort of marooned in Dunkirk, a little city by the beach, and they were being bombed by the Germans and they couldn't get out, and basically they just had to cross the channel to England, which was only like 20 or 30 miles away, but they couldn't get there because their ships were just being bombed, you know, before they can make it, and also because it was a beach, uh, like, big boats couldn't get in because, um, 
they were just too big and the waters were too shallow. So they sent out uh, a bunch of just civilian ships with civilians in them to cross the channel and try to get as many people back as they could. And it's told from several different viewpoints. Um, there's a boat, a civilian boat headed by Mark Rylance and um, I think his son and maybe nephew or something. Uh, they're going across the channel to try to get people and then there's two fighter pilots and one of them is Tom Hardy and they're, you know, trying to shoot the German bombers out of the sky before they can, you know, get to their troops on the beach and then there's a group of soldiers who are actually on the beach trying to get off of it and uh, yeah, it was really good. It was. I wasn't sure if my nerves could take it <laughs> because it's also seemed like a really intense movie. But I'm glad I went to see it. We did see it in 70 millimeter, not an IMAX, just 70 millimeter. Um, so that was cool. Uh, I'm a you know I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan and oh man, that Hans Zimmer score was just like killing me because it was so tense in certain parts and I just. You could really feel it. Like there'd be like the music played a huge part, at least to me, because there were just moments when there wasn't much going on, or like it was there was no dialogue, but the music was just making everything so intense. So that Hans Zimmer, he knows what he's doing. Um, but yeah, a lot of good acting in it. Tom Hardy is great. Um, Harry Styles is in it. I don't really know much about him, but he's. I think he's from One Direction, right? He's, I know he's from some boy band. Um, he was good. Um, there's a couple of other actors who play with him in those scenes that are really good. I don't know their names offhand. Uh, I also love uh, Killian Murphy, who plays um, a soldier who, I think his boat, he's trying to get across and his boat gets bombed and Mark Rylance's um, little boat picks him up. And... He thinks they're going back. He's, like, shell-shocked. He's totally out of it. And he thinks they're taking him back to England. But, you know, really, they're like, no, we got to go back to the beach and get all these... Trying to get some people. And um, he doesn't take that too well. But, yeah, that's a real... It was a, it was a good movie. I, very intense. And, yeah. But good. I enjoyed it. In the end, it was... It was very sad, but also, you know, sort of uplifting because it was just, you know, people trying to get these soldiers home. And those are the two things I've watched pretty much. I, there's still a couple of movies I really want to see out in the theaters. Uh, I want to see Valerian and the Thousand Sons, and I think The Dark Tower is coming out really soon. I'm not sure when. In the next couple of weeks. So I want to see that as well. And I think that's it. I feel like I've been talking for a really long time. I probably have been, but yeah, that's what happens when I get in front of a recorder. And without Kimberly, I think Kimberly kind of keeps me in check because I try to, you know, keep us in line. But when I'm just by myself, it's just me. Just me talking. Uh, but thanks for joining me. I'm sorry Kimberly wasn't here this week, but I'm sure we'll be back together in a couple of weeks. Um, I hope your summers are going well and that you're doing a lot of fun knitting. And yeah, check out the knit-alongs I talked about if you're interested. Uh, I'm sure 
uh, that the host would love to have more people knitting along. And I think that's it for this week. And I will talk to you guys later. If you want to find me, I am fishgirl182 on Instagram and Ravelry. Kimberly is Kimberly Buggy. And the podcast is on Instagram as Twisted Stitches Podcast. And we have a Ravelry group. Come on by. Say hi. Join the group. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye, guys.